Hello and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. We've had another solid week on the uh, the punting front. There's three in a row for both of us. and We're getting closer and closer to uh, that 500 mark and parity again with the wallet and the books after a, a horror start in the first couple of weeks. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. I am Nick Splitter and I'm joined by my co-host, co-host once again, Ryan Lapore. How are you traveling, mate? Yeah, very well, Nick. Uh, good to be back with you, mate, and talking some more NFL after a Another exciting week. Um, yeah, I think we saw some some big moves and and, and some potential big slides as well. But um, yeah, looking forward to dissecting it all with you, mate. Yeah, we'll get stuck into it in just a minute. But uh, again, a reminder, if you do like the show and you listen every week, and we know that there are a lot of you that do, please give us a rating and a review on Facebook and on iTunes, wherever you listen, and uh, jump on Twitter or Facebook or wherever it is and and uh, engage with us, chat with, uh, chat with us and ask us questions and... Uh, you never know, maybe one of your questions we'll, we'll get on next week's show. But uh, we'll get into some of the week five talking points. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, mate. Uh, let's let's talk about kickers and how, how bad they were last week. It was actually embarrassing. Um, let's just be done with them because it, it, they <laughs> it's just have so much bearing on a, on an out, on a result. And um, missed extra point after missed extra point, missed field goals. It was just a genuine comedy bearers across the board last <laughs> week. So... I don't know. Let's 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 just make two point conversions mandatory and just get rid of the kickers. <laughs> well, I I mean I love the two point conversion. I think that that should just be the go to anyway. But um, yeah, I mean it's one of those things, isn't it? Because you're right. They are they are so important to to the results of so many games. And I think they were a a, a record. It was a record worst showing across the league from uh, from kickers on was... field goals and, and extra points. So it was it was quite amazing to watch that kind of you know, late Sunday night through that, the Jets Falcons game through red zone and then into Monday morning and then, and then finishing up on the Tuesday morning, Australian Eastern time on Monday night football, just continual More drama. Yeah. Continual drama. It's uh, it's quite amazing, but that actually leads into a, into a question from at direct snap NFL, who uh, funnily enough calls himself a fan of both the giants and the Cardinals, uh, which is an interesting one, but Jack, thanks for your question. And he asks, what do you think about the situation regarding kickers and punters, whether injuries and blocking played a role in some missed kicks this week? But I've always been curious about how other non-Americans or non-Americans, UK or Australian NFL fans, perceive the role of kicking in the sport. And I mean, we, we've probably just answered that, but they are mm. very important. They are very, very important. I think probably underrated by a lot of football fans. What do you think? Oh, mate, it, it's... I don't know how there can't be better there, there can't be a better thirty two kickers in in the nation of of America across the whole whole country. There has to be better kickers in there than the NFL ones that they've got at the moment because it's actually like I said, it's bordering on laughable how many misses there are. And um, I know you said injuries and weather's uh, and plays a part, Jack. But you know, for most case, there, there's hardly any of that to speak of, especially in that. Um, in the Green Bay Cincinnati game, where it was just—I mean, there was a couple of long-range attempts, but my goodness, it was—it was actually embarrassing. And you know, um, coming from an Australian point of view, where we watch skill leveled um, of kicks in both both our football codes in, in AFL and and of course rugby league and rugby union, where you know, kicking off a tee is, is something um, they affect and do really well. Obviously, AFL is a bit different in terms of our kicking and. Um, then we're more the Aussies are more punters than kickers as place kickers. We saw Mitch um, um, 
uh, Winowski um, for the San Francisco 49ers and how he kind of uh, attempted the kicking duties after Robbie Gould's injury. And he, he struggled even doing that. And, you know, we know how good a punter he is, for instance. So there must be an art to it, but... I just, I just can't it's, see. It's certainly, it's certainly a skill form, but you look at, I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned the difference between kind of Australian rules and, and rugby league or union, but you look at some of those NRL players and how they, they kick those extra points and, and conversions after, after a try um, and some of the angles that they're on and, and the way that those guys can kick the ball off the ground, um, you know, from the distance, from, from range, uh, pretty similar type target to, you know, an NFL um kick and some of those guys are incredible and and i know there's differences in you know the shape of the ball and, and the type of ball and the the weight and all that sort of stuff but you know some of these some of these kickers and and whatnot in in the nfl have been kicking the football like that that's been their role for five ten years you know coming through college even yeah. high school um you know some of them get get gigs in college get purely on the the, the sake of their their kicking so the fact that there are such errors um, like we saw this week, and, and some of those missed kicks were just kind of inexcusable, like you yeah. said. And, and obviously, you know, with weather and and that sort of stuff, you can't control some of that stuff. But um, you know, some of those some of those missed kicks that we saw over the weekend are just inexcusable. And, and you'd think that there must be better exponents of the skill and the craft than what we're seeing at the moment, because it is an incredibly important and, and underrated part of the game, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, results are winning, wins and losses are determined on a lot of these things. And um, you go back to Monday Night Football, um, Blankenship hits that extra point, and it's we're talking about a nine point game instead of an eight point game going into that that final stanza of the of the game where Lamar Jackson um, needs two possessions to win the game rather than that one 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 to tie it up and send it to overtime. So, I mean, they all count um, those points and and. It's crucial when when you miss it. I know as, as as punters as well, we're screaming at the TV if we've got someone to cover and we, we see a miss point up, miss field goal. Um, I even said that to you on after Thursday night game last week. We were trying to ride home. Rams minus two and a half and Matt Day comes mm. out and misses an extra point. I'm going, well, if we lose by half a point on an extra on a missed um missed extra point, I'll be absolutely filthy. So ultimately it didn't cost us in the end. But I mean, those little things just drive um, fans and, and punters crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure we'll talk about uh, good old Roddy Blank a, a little bit later in the show. I know we were on differing ends of of that game in a, in a fantasy perspective. But um, I guess while, while we're still on week five, uh, the question for me is, is it time to start worrying about the Kansas City Chiefs? They're, they're on their own at the bottom of the AFC West at two and three. I'm not sure anyone picked that. To be fair, they've had a, a very, very tough schedule, um, but they do need to get going. And in the next six weeks, you know, they've got Washington, the Giants and the Raiders, all very winnable games, obviously, but they also face the Packers, Titans and Cowboys. And, and it really makes for a, a, a really solid make or break stretch for the Chiefs. Where do you see MVP Mahomes and, and his Kansas side at the end of November? Uh, look, I, I think they can probably win at least five of those games, um, if not all six, to be honest. Um, if if they can get back to the form that we know they can, they can easily mm. run the table there. However, there were so many concerns, and and like they said in the broadcast on Sunday Night Football, there seems to be a, a method to how to play 
um, the Chiefs' offense, and and it's and it's a lot of where they can sit back and make sure and taking away those chunk plays from Tyreek Hill, making sure Mahomes beats him with short passes. They do it in a different way. Um, you're not giving up those 20, 30, 40 yard plays uh, to Tyreek Hill and the like, and and, and all those speeds really that they've got on the receiving end. I mean, Travis Kelsey was continually, continuously double teamed and bullied, and, and like they said, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of so much of if they have white penalty, it was just stopping those huge chunk plays and, and really stopping the Kansas City momentum. The weather obviously played a part. Um, Paddy struggled to grip the ball, it looked like. He dropped it. Um, he was a bit fumbly. He wasn't as um, sharp with his passing, but I'm sure he's going to bounce back. And, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not, not jumping off Kansas City bandwagon yet, but there is certainly some concerns just mainly from that defensive end. Is they just kind of keep allowing four or 500 yards a game and, and expecting to win um, as well. You know, as we know how special Mahomes is, but... You can't be expected to come back from double digits all the time, and 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 they they really need to give the the offense a chop out and, and get off the field. Yeah, hundred percent. It reminds me a lot of um, of the Cowboys in the early early weeks of last season as well. And um, obviously, you know, they ended up losing Dak for the rest of the season. But you know, obviously, we hope that you know nothing serious happens to to Pat. But um, you know, they really do need to to fix some things up on the the defensive side of the. The ball and and now they've lost uh, Clyde Edwards Elair for a, a number of weeks as well and are going to be relying on uh, Daryl Williams to to be their number one running back uh, in the ground game. So there's there's some question marks for sure about uh, about the Chiefs. But you've got another another talking point around uh, the AFC. What have you got? Yeah, look, it's as simple as I think the AFC now runs through Buffalo. Um, like I said, I, I still think the Chiefs are, are well in the hunt and they'll make the playoffs. Um, whether or not they'll be there as a wild card team or a division winner, we'll we'll soon find out, I suppose. But I, I can't see I can't see Buffalo not being the, the, the number one seed in the AFC and being that real that real Super Bowl threat now. Obviously, they um, they got so close last year, um, losing in the championship game to Kansas City, but what they did on um, on the Sunday night game was pretty pretty uh, phenomenal, and I think I think they're the clear class of the AFC. I mean, there's a couple nipping at the heels. The Chargers from nine are probably number two at this stage, but um, yeah, I, I think the AFC runs through Buffalo this year. Meaning, um, whoever's going to beat them is going to have to travel into their stadium and knock them off. But um, yeah, I, I was super impressed by Buffalo, which I you know, like I said in my predictions, I had them. I had them going to the Super Bowl this year, but um, yeah, I think just the way they've turned it around since that bit of a week one capitulation after after leading against the Steelers, they just flopped, and mm-hmm. since then it's just been um, just complete dominance by by them on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it definitely seems like an aberration that that week one um, effort, I guess we could call it, uh, against the Steelers, but they certainly seem like the the team to beat at the moment. Obviously, that the Chargers are charging, you know, they're playing some really good football on, on both sides of the, the ball as well. Um, but they've got a little bit to go to, to, to hit the heights of, of a Buffalo and, and they certainly seem to be the team to beat, but we know that, you know, we're only just over a month in that there's a, there's a lot to play out and, and so many different things can happen over the next, you know, three or four months that, uh, you know, still not sure. I'm, I'm not riding off the chiefs just yet, but they do have to get on their bike pretty soon. Uh, if they do want to be a, a force come, you know, December, January. So we'll uh, we'll see how they go and we'll definitely have a, a keen eye on them. But like I said at the top, 
another really solid week for us uh, in, a, in a punting perspective. I, I went two and one from my three best. I was on the Rams and the Cowboys spreads, uh, sitting at six and nine now. Uh, and there was a lot more green, which is nice to see in our in our tracking spreadsheet. Uh, for anyone who was listening last week that, that heard all the the other bets, um, there were a number of other wins that uh, that we got up. Lepo, you got uh, you had a perfect three and zip week from your your best on the Rams, the Titans, and the Cards, and you're sitting at a very respectable seven and eight after five weeks. So we are getting closer and closer to that even money stage. And um, if uh, I think in the last the last three weeks were uh, thirteen and six since we had those horrific. Uh, yeah, the opening two weeks, let's just take them off our spreadsheet. We'll be, we'll be flying. But yeah, ex- exactly. We'll hold ourselves accountable. But, yeah, like you said, it, we're trending in the right way now. And um, obviously the lock got up as well, which was only our second um, of the year. So two and three in the lock department now. And like I mentioned to you um, just before we came on air here, I suppose, was we've just got to stay away from the over and unders. And that's what's killing us. We've we've missed three over and unders, but um, the other two, we've, we've, um, we've had the teams cover the line. So... That was one of the themes we might be going with as a bit of a precursor to what our lock of the week will be this week. Um, although we do like a couple of over and unders, especially you, Nick. I know you've got a few in mm. there this week. But, um, yeah, two player props we hit last week as well with old famous Jameis. He did that almost in the first half. I think he was only 10 or 15 yeah. short in the first half because of that pitiful, that pitiful Washington defense. But um, And then AJ Dillon covered by... The grand total of 0.5, which we love. So Amazing. he got stuck on 30 yards after Amazing. those, uh, after I think six or seven carries, and he had one or two more. And and, and thankfully, he didn't lose a yard. He, he, he yeah, got to the line yeah. of scrimmage to keep it at, at 30 yards. So, um, and the so other we've, one, we've been waiting, we've, we've been waiting for uh, for Jameis Winston to do that yeah. for a couple of weeks. We've had him, we've had him, had him in our plays a couple of times, and, and he's let us down. Uh, a few times since uh, since that week one outing. With the, yeah, the other guy days, we but... liked was Aaron Jones, and he he was kind of looking like he was going to get there all day, and then mm. kind of stopped when Dylan came into the game. But then he got that huge fifty or sixty yard um, run in one, so that kind of boosted him over hundred yards. So he smashed his high prop total as well. If anyone followed that in, so yeah, it was a great week for overall. So let's um, keep the momentum going, mate. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've been going head to head a couple of times. It's it's funny that we've uh, we've only had three in five weeks of, of doing the show. We've only had three head to heads, but I can I can quite happily say that I'm three and zip <laughs> at the moment, and I don't want to rub it in too much because I know how quickly it can change. But uh, three and zip, I'm I'm pretty yeah. Happy look, with you that. got luck. Well, I wouldn't say you got luck. You you deserve to cover again with the Colts they never look like they should ever have lost by seven and they almost I mean obviously in overtime you don't get to keep the extra point although they probably would have they, missed Actually, they should Justin never Tucker. have they should never have lost the game let yeah, alone correct. nearly didn't very cover correct. so very much true I mean Justin Tucker wouldn't have missed an extra point but um yeah so the minus seven didn't quite work out for me but yeah you've got well, they, they were 20 they were 22 nine up yeah 22 three and, and I had penciled in the win I had it in green in the spreadsheet. I'd coloured it all in and everything. I was I was getting ready to rub it in, and then all of a sudden, Lamar and and the Ravens started oh, coming, yeah, and I got could, very very concerned. Once it got with to overtime, minutes, obviously, you know? it couldn't happen. But yeah, twenty two three it was. I um, mean, the Colts will be kicking themselves at him in that game. It's it's quite incredible that they managed to lose that. But um, yeah, it was disappointing to go three and zero down, and I think we've even got a head to head this week, which will be um, interesting to see if we can if I can get off mm. my get off my ass and, and beat you there. So yeah, it'd be good. But um, 
yeah, I also fell to a very um, disappointing 0-5 in fantasy, um, which I know the boys who are listening in that league will be loving. But, um, yeah, been struggling mightily and like we touched on um, just off there before we came on. It was an absolute disaster watching Lamar Jackson run me down um, in that game. So, yeah, it, it was just a, a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it was amazing. And like, like I touched on, we were, we were on opposite sides of that. We're not in the same league, but uh, you had you had Roddy Blankenship, and uh, my opponent had Rodrigo Blankenship, and I was I was about fifteen or twenty points down uh, with Mark Andrews, and my opponent was 20, 15, 20 points up with with Roddy, and uh, I thought it was was done for. You know, at three three quarter time, uh, and then all of a sudden, in the space of about ten or eleven minutes, uh, I watched that percentage probabilities change from 1% to 99%. And uh, I can tell you, I gave that group chat a bit of a uh, flogging over the next uh, 24 hours. So that was so. that was some, some fun times for me. But uh, I guess back back to the punt and back to uh, week six that we're coming up to. Remember, uh, for everyone listening, that we are recording on Thursday night, Melbourne time uh, on the Australian Eastern Coast. So our player props generally taken from Vegas lines. Obviously, they're subject to change. We've got the entire weekend coming up before the uh, the Sunday night games uh, or Sunday football for you US listeners. Um, but we do know that the Aussie books take majority of lines from, from Vegas anyway. Uh, week six, we've got buys. The Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the New York Jets, and the San Francisco 49ers all have a week off. Uh, and let's get stuck into Thursday night football. Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. The Eagles at home, plus seven. The total is 52 and a half. I told you last week, I told you that the Eagles would come out and beat the Play Panthers. The Play the birds. Yeah. Hey, look, I told you that we'd come out and beat. You did the right thing, by the way. I'm not, not bagging you for, your, for your choice not to play it. But I did say, now that you decided to take some time off betting on the Eagles, that yeah, they would come out and beat the Panthers uh, because that's what they do. And, and that's why I have the rules. And the rules are rules for a reason. A is that you never bet with your heart, always bet with your head or try to at least and, and try and remove yourself from those situations. So I, I generally just don't bet on teams that I follow, but B, like I discussed last week, my team is shit and they love to tease and they're teasing at the moment. They teased last week and you know, we'll come out and get flogged this week. So it's a no play for me, but what have you got for Thursday night football? I'm glad you're positive. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, they flopped last time in prime time uh, against the Cowboys and, it's a good chance, though, for Jalen Hurst to make a bit of a, a statement and a response here. So, you know, they've got a couple of things going for them with um, some question marks over Brady's thumb, although he did just come off his first ever career game of 400 yards and five touchdowns, if you don't mind. Um, and another key injury to that, obviously, already depleted Tampa Bay defence with now Levante David out with an ankle sprain. Um, they don't think it should be too serious. He might even play uh, in week seven off a longer break. But, yeah, Hurts, though... He's going to have to do it through the air, and that's going to be the question mark on Jalen. Uh, he made it happen last week with his legs after pretty much having nothing going at all on the offensive side in that first half. But that second half, he, he really transformed the game with his legs. And um, it's going to be tough, though, this week against that Tampa Bay front seven who are averaging a league best 45.8 yards rushing per game. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for him. So he's going to probably have to air it out a little bit. But... The Bucs have failed to cover the line in their last seven matches against NFC East opponents. Uh, so good signs for the Eagles there maybe. But, yeah, hmm. the only thing I could possibly entertain in this one would be potentially the unders. But, um, 
I think they'll stay well clear as we've already discussed with the Eagles. So I'm another yeah. week off them, but yeah, I'll I'll play no play. But yeah, the unders is a little bit enticing at that at high fifty two line. Yeah, good call. If if I was going to play, I'd be playing the unders as well. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my rule for a reason. Stay out. Um, <laughs> stay out. Exactly right. Stay just stay away from the Eagles in general, and pretty much any Philadelphia team in sport. That's uh, that's just a rule, but. <laughs> Uh, Miami at Jacksonville in London. We've got two consecutive London games. Jacksonville plus three and a half. The total is 47. Yeah, big ja- big chance for the Jags to nab their first win of the season, but there's absolutely zero trust in that happening. They have lost 20 straight games after all. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, though, has improved steadily each week. So, a win won't be too far away for him and Urban Meyer, of course. So, yeah, the Dolphins have been pretty ordinary, though, since week one. Um, they just squeaked out a victory against the Patriots that day. And, and two is a chance to return here uh, after being a full participant in practice uh, today, our time. So it could provide them with a much-needed spark. I mean, Jacoby Brissett hasn't been too bad, but it's probably been more their defence that have been letting him down. But I think two might give him a spark. And But, yeah, I don't think I can get excited about this game at all. Um have covered the line in eight of their last 10 games coming off a loss. The Dolphins and all three games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium have gone the over. So to be honest, that line does seem a touch low for me. So I'm, I'm if I'm going to play on this game, which I, I am, I'm going to play the overs here. So um, we'll be playing over 47, a flat line there. So yeah, I think there'll be points in this one. So I think the Dolphins will win as well, but I'm not game enough to, to put my money on a result in that one. So I'll play the overs. Yeah, that's fair. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind if if Jacoby Brissett has a couple of big weeks because I've got a couple of his signature cards that I wouldn't mind selling for <laughs> premium premium value, but I can't imagine getting more than a couple of bucks for them. Um, but yeah, look, I, I don't want any part of this game. The, the Jags will win a game. I mean, they will win a game. Of that, I have absolutely no doubt. And, and this could be the week. Um, I am tempted to take the field goal with the extra half a point for, for mm. Jacksonville, but but I might just wait and see how the money flows through Vegas before making that decision because it's just they're it's these two teams. I mean, I probably don't need to say too much more than it's Miami and Jacksonville, but the Jags are ranked number two in DVOA rushing offense behind only Cleveland and their dynamic duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So that bodes really well for James Robinson props against Miami's 21st ranked DVOA rush defense. Um, and there's a prop that I found a little earlier for uh, James Robinson over 76 and a half rushing yards at $1.95 on uh, bet 365 that I'm going to have a little play at um, just because yeah, I think that there's going to be some some holes in that in that Miami uh, offensive uh, defensive line. So um, I'm leaning Jacksonville plus three and a half, but for now it's no play, but I will keep an eye on that and just, just see how that the money flows. Um, but it's a small lean to Jacksonville for me. Just, uh, I think, you know, if, if you've got two average teams like we, we have here or two bad teams like we have here, then you go with the underdog, especially when you've got more than a, more than a field goal and um, see how things go. But um, we're probably just on the same page there, I think, in, in terms of the concept, but whether or not we play it or not is, is a different yeah, story. But, yeah, look, I mean, I, I quite like that Robinson prop. I mean, he's, he's been um, um, performing extremely well, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, hasn't had much help from Carlos Hyde. He's a bit of a one-man band in that rushing mm. offense for the for the Jags. So yeah, I think he'll get plenty of looks at it. And um, although I do do envision a bit of a 
shootout, I suppose. So whether or not that comes with the air or not, but I think Robinson can, can easily get to that 75, 76 yards. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that at all, man. Yeah, like it. Uh, next up is Houston at Indianapolis. The Colts minus nine and a half. The total is 42 and a half. I just, we spoke about it before. I don't know how the Colts lost this game last week. They, they didn't play badly in the second half. Lamar went to beast mode and took the game away from them. And obviously there were some some defensive issues. Um, and, you know, obviously the uh, the kicker in Indianapolis, is, as we've already touched on. But I don't think that Indy will have an issue like that this week. I mean, Houston just don't have the weapons. They don't have the talent or the personnel on either side of the ball to have that sort of impact in the way that, that Baltimore did uh, on offense and defense in the second half last week. And I just think that the Colts will be smart. They're, they're going to be hurting from that loss. There's no way you should lose after being up 22-3, like we said before. I think they're going to come out all guns blazing. And the good news for the Colts for Colts fans um, is that they've got plenty to play for still. They've got two games against the Texans and Jags to come. Plus, they've got the Niners, Jets, Pats, and Raiders, all very winnable. And if they get their tails up, this is a really talented Indianapolis squad. So really anything can happen in that uh, in that division. And th- they've got still got games, obviously, against the likes of the Bucks, the Bills, Titans, and Car- Cardinals. But, you know, you get you get a couple of wins on the board and, and you know, Carson Wentz starts playing good football and you get T.Y. Hilton back and, um, you know, they've got a lot of talent across a lot of those lines and, and uh, you know, on defense as well. Um, anything can happen in, in Indy. And, and I really see a big win for the Colts in this one. I'm looking at something like a 28 7 type result with the Colts, obviously, the, the clear winners. So I'm going to take both of these as singles, but I might also have a little dabble on the double with uh, the Colts minus nine and a half and under 42 and a half. I just think defensively they're going to be too strong for the Houston offense as well. But how about you? What have you got? Yeah, can't argue with you, mate. It, it, you're making the logic, logical sense for sure. I mean, they did lose the unlosable game last week. As we touched on, they're now sitting at one and four. They did make the playoffs last year after starting one and five. So, yeah, like you said, there's definitely a road back for the Colts. Um, playing in that worst division in the league is, is certainly a saving grace this year. I mean, they had never had coughed up a 16-plus point lead in that in their history, uh, in terms of in the last quarter, that is. So no doubt um, uh, what Lamar did was pretty special. But, yeah, they were their own worst enemies, weren't they? And, yeah, feel for that defense who were absolutely gassed in that last quarter. and They just had no answers at all for Lamar Jackson. They just couldn't get off the field. Um, yeah, Wentz, Wentz showed um, plenty of promise and, and that offense showed enough to, to excite the most pessimistic of Colts fans, I would have thought, even um, – looking at Josh Wye there as, as a Carson Wentz uh, basher. But, I mean, with this stretch of games still to come this season, like you mentioned, they're still much, very much alive. They do uh, – the Titans as well do play the Bills and the Chiefs in the next two weeks as well. So they could even be back um, uh, at three at, at, with three wins each in the next two weeks. So, like, you know, mm. the, the division can easily tighten up very quickly. So, yeah, Houston obviously played pretty well last week. They're surprised. They had the Patriots on the ropes, but they weren't able to close it out. And uh, I think that's going to be um, a bit of an issue for the Texans moving forward. Um, they have lost each of their last 16 games as heavy underdogs. That's by um, when they start as um, worse than seven points, uh, start over seven points, I should say. They've actually lost their last 16. So they do tend to lose those games when they do, when they're expected. So, 
Um, and the Colts have covered in five of their past six against the Texans. So, um, yeah, go on and go forth for you. Um, I, I do like um, the stats of trending towards your bets there. But, yeah, not a not a game for me to get involved in. However, there is a player prop that I do like, which we can, which we can touch on a bit later if you like, or I can let it loose now. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Let, yeah, loose. So let loose. My, my player prop, um, which will definitely get up because I'm – Riding high this year at five and one with my player props, um, I think is Carson Wentz. His line is only 232 yards there. So I'll be playing Carson Wentz over the 232 and a half passing yards. Uh, nine. Like so it. That will be my player prop for this week. Like it against that, uh, that Texan secondary. I like it a lot. Uh, Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago plus four and a half. The total is 45. Yeah, it's been utter dominance for the Packers in there in their division in recent times. And they've won 12 of their last 13 against their NFC North opponents. I, I can't see that changing here. Uh, despite those key injuries on defense, the Packers were pretty dang good actually on that side of the ball against the Bengals in that absolute wild game that we, we touched on. Um, credit with them with three sacks, two interceptions as well. So yeah, if not for some struggles in the red zone, I think, and of course our man, Mason Crosby, um, the Packers would have won um, by a lot more than they did and, and wouldn't have got down to that overtime result. I mean, the Bears, I've got to give some credit to them. They they played unbelievably last week, especially on defence. The Packers' offence um, is a far different proposition. Field is under a slight injury cloud. Um, but, yeah, regardless of who suits up a quarterback for the Bears, I think the Packers will be winning and winning well. Um, Devontae Adams, of course, is coming off that 200-yard receiving performance last week and has scored the first touchdown in two of their last three matches against the Bears. So one of my long shots this week will be Devontae Adams for a first touchdown scorer at 6.50. So, yeah, I'll also be playing Green Bay and get a hint there uh, at the line at minus four and a half. So, yeah, very keen on the Packers to, to win and win well. So I thought that line would be yeah, closer to six or seven for sure. So um, four and a half, I'm happy to take. Yeah, you're not wrong on that NFC North dominance. And and I think that, that you're probably right in, in a lot of that. Um, it's pretty hard to, to disagree. I think the line is, for mine, I think it's pretty spot on at four and a half. And you, you've nearly talked me into the Packers here. I'm really tempted, but with Mason Crosby's issues that, that you mentioned, um, yeah, there could be some points left out in the field rather than on the scoreboard. <laughs> and, and especially at, at Soldier Field, yeah, out in the yeah, elements, blowing uh, in, in the Windy City. Um, I'm just loath to bet against Chicago at home like that, especially when yeah, at the moment they're one of those teams that you're just never sure which Bears squad is going to come out and whether it's the one that, that uh, you know, I've been championing for the first five weeks of the season and, and their defense or whether it's the the Bears that have let me down for the, most of the first five weeks of the of the season. You, you just don't know. So uh, you're right. This this Packers offense is is a very different proposition. Um and it's a it's a no play for me, but uh, you've got me very close to uh, to having a little play on on the Packers there. But, Look, I'm uh, just not going to do I, it at the moment. Yeah, I've had no faith in the Bears at all this year, and, and they've proved me wrong, obviously, on more than half the occasions. They've won three of their three of their five. I haven't tipped them in any of those five games to win, so they're definitely um, they're definitely doing enough um, to you know, prove me wrong for one. But I mean, their defense is actually holding up after a few shaky weeks early on where I was thinking I was a genius and and here you were <laughs> telling me how actually good they were and, and it's been proven correct that their defense is actually quite good. But yeah, I don't think um, they'll be able to stop Aaron Rodgers now, who's who seems to be in a groove. The Packers offense is, is certainly humming now, but um, Soldier Field obviously makes it interesting, but um, 
yeah, I think I'll ride the Packers, but hopefully I've convinced you as well to jump on board, mate. Possibly, but I did get one. I did get one right last week on the on the line on the the uh, the Bears. Uh, like I said, been been on them for a few weeks in a row, but uh, finally got one last week uh, at the plus line. But uh, next up is Kansas City at Washington. Washington plus seven. The total is fifty five and a half. And like we touched on at the top, it's it is just crazy that the Chiefs are in this position. And we knew that they had weaknesses on on defense. They have for a while. And I, I wish that I'd had the courage of of my convictions to go with the Bills last week. Because we were both pretty set on it. We just didn't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And it's so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes because we know what he can do. Having said that, this is clearly not MVP Mahomes that we're seeing at the moment. And and the Chiefs are not the Super Bowl Chiefs of a couple of years ago. Uh, and you know, you know it. We've been doing this show together for, for five weeks. Uh, but anyone who's been listening for, for longer than that knows that we've, we've been going on and on and on about the Chiefs failing to cover as favourites. So... I'm going to go with my gut here and, and hope that the Washington defensive unit starts to get it together this week because they are so far superior to what they've dished up so far. And that switch, it's it's got to flick at some stage because there's so much talent in that defensive unit. It's a really tough week to do it against this offense, obviously, but better to face the Chiefs and do it now than when the Chiefs are in full form with with MVP Mahomes in you know week 14, 15 as they come in for a for a full playoff tilt. So you know now is the moment for uh, for Washington to get their defense up to scratch and and get back on form. But uh, you know if if the spread comes out by half a point more to seven and a half, it's a really strong play for me. But for now, it's it's a lean and a small play at the flat seven. I'm on Washington plus seven. And uh, like I touched on before, I'm three and zip up in the head-to-head stakes. Do we have a head-to-head here, mate? We certainly do, mate. I am I am with the Chiefs. And it might interest you as well, though. I did notice on Sportsbet a little bit earlier that the Chiefs have actually, the line has actually moved to six and a half on Sportsbet. So Ooh. Washington plus six and a half, dollar ninety-four, as I look at it. Chiefs minus six and a half, dollar eighty-six. So that just fills me with a bit more confidence to to play mm. that minus six and a half for the Chiefs. So um, but yeah, look, it's a must-win game for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs after that flop, as we touched on, um, and as you said as well, we were both keen on the Bills to beat them, um, or at very least cover. We just didn't have the courage to to go with our gut there. But um, yeah, look, I, I thought, like I said, their their offense struggled just as bad as their defense a little bit. I mean, Mahomes had two uncharacteristic interceptions, just the way that he threw, uh, he got picked off. Um, Hill and Kelsey were relatively quiet, combining for only 110 receiving yards combined. They they tried to spread it everywhere. I mean, they they got 10 receivers getting a catch, but they just had no answers at all for Buffalo. Uh, on the flip side, they allowed Josh Allen to complete um, only 15 passes. However, they went for 315 yards. So it, it's major, major concerns for that defense. But but thankfully, they run into one this week that's almost as bad um, in terms of Washington. And, and like you said, I... I don't know if it'll switch. I don't, it just doesn't look good at the moment for Washington in terms of their defense. I think Kansas City just have just as much chance to flick a switch and potentially play better on defense. We know their Super Bowl season and even last year they were they were definitely competent on defense. They weren't what they are now. Um, you know that Washington defense even allowed the Saints, who barely had a passing game in the first month of the year, to to, to complete a hail mary and a seventy-two yard touchdown in the first half. So. Um, that doesn't fill me with confidence at all, especially against Kansas City. So, yeah, despite the struggles last week, 
Paddy rarely puts two bad ones together. So I expect a big bounce back game with, with plenty of points. Um, so maybe a little dabble on the double for me, but definitely, definitely Kansas City minus six and a half as it stands. Um, and Washington have only um, won one of their last six home games. And that was in that, that wild game against the Giants earlier this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm riding Kansas City here at the minus. So interesting it's my time to get, get one on you here. We're half a point different because I'm definitely taking the, yeah, the plus, plus seven. seven. You're yeah. definitely taking the minus six and a half. So it, that's it's really interesting. And, and obviously, if if it does potentially come back to uh, to seven and a half, like I said, that's that's a real strong play for me. Mm. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. It's uh, we haven't had too many head to heads. It's amazing that we've only had the. The three. Yeah, I think it's the only one for this week as well. So four from six. You might be right. Four from yeah. six weeks. So um, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm happy we're agreeing on a lot of things, but it doesn't make it as interesting when we're not <laughs> when we're not watching it head to head. But yeah, look, um, I'll give you that half point. So we'll play head to we'll play head to head at seven if you want. Oh, look, I think it's yeah, <laughs> it is it is what it is, and and either way, you know, that's at, at minus at plus six and a half it's still probably a small play for me. So either way, I'm, I'm probably still playing. I prefer the seven, obviously for obvious reasons, but um, you know, I, I think it's still a play for, for both of us either way. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see this time next week. Uh, who's, uh, yeah, look, who's I'll be, I'm sure I'll be eating. I'll be the one eating humble pie. So just the way these oh, things go know. for me, mate. <laughs> you never, never know. You, you're due. You're definitely due. Yeah, for I'm one. definitely due for sure. <laughs> definitely due for one. So we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. But uh, next up, Minnesota at Carolina. Got the Panthers plus one, and the total is forty-six and a half. It's pretty much picking with a line at the at the flat one, and to the Panther side, which is about right. I think in, in it feels very much like a fifty-fifty matchup when when you look at some of the data, you look at some of the numbers, um, and, and the stats comparing the, the two teams. Um, it it feels very much like a fifty-fifty matchup, but I do feel like that the total should be closer to 49 or 50 points. So that's kind of where I'm looking at, at this one. Uh, the Panthers definitely had a big letdown week last week, but I feel like Carolina are both better on offense than the numbers are showing and also potentially not quite as good on defense as the numbers are showing. And we know that they get Stefan Gilmore into that, uh, into that secondary um, at cornerback soon. Uh, but yeah, next week, even man. still next week. Yeah, I think next yeah. week. Um, but I think that on, on both of those cases, there's there's some reverting back to uh, to parity for the the Panthers' offense and defense, um, and that they potentially start to even up uh, a little bit. And and a lot this game so much depends on the health of both star running backs. We've got Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers and Dalvin Cook uh, at Minnesota. Uh, as we record it, it does seem like both of them are going to play, but keep an eye on that because obviously. If one of them plays and the other one doesn't, then things change. Um, if both of them don't play, then you know probably not much changes in terms of betting the game. Um, but uh, just keep an eye on it. Either way, both backups in in Chuba Hubbard and, and Alexander Madison are, are both capable, and I think that there's points in this one regardless of which set of of backs play this game. Um, as long as neither team puts their foot on the gas like the Vikings did in the last quarter last week, I think that there's a heap of points in this one and, and I'm going the over 46 and a half. How about you? What have you got? Yeah, look, complete flip of the coin game, as you mentioned. Um, the Vikings, they shut the bed last week. as, um, But thankfully, they they had those two timeouts up their sleeves. They were able to get 
rescue the game with that 46-yard drive in 30 seconds uh, to set up the game-winning field goal, one of the few kicks that Warrior kicked last week. Um, but, yeah, I think the onus has to come back a bit on Mike Zimmer and the offensive coordinator, Clint Kubiak, for the play calling, especially in that final quarter as they tried to just wind the clock down rather than and putting their foot on the throat and, and you know, playing to their strengths. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a massive game that first half. He was everywhere. And then they just went away from that passing game and decided, you know, we'll just be ultra-conservative. And, and it almost cost them again. And, and it's been a story for the Vikings in the past where they where they kind of just they played conservative and, and find themselves giving up big leads late in games. But, yeah, speaking of shitting the bed, exactly what Panthers did as well against the Eagles, Sam Darnold had easily his worst game as a Panther with three picks. And that block punt in the fourth quarter ultimately cost them the game as well, cost them the lead. And then obviously um, Darnold was picked on that final possession. But yeah, they were cruising with the two possession cushion for most of the day um, up by nine or 12 points. So, uh, you know, it was it was a bit of, obviously the Vikings got away in one where the Panthers, they um, end up costing themselves. But yeah, a couple of stats in this one. The Vikings have lost four of their last five road games. They've failed to cover the line in 10 of their last 12 games and seven of the Panthers' last eight games have gone under the total match points line. So everything against what I'm thinking as well, because I still probably want to be with the Vikings if I have to, if I had to pick, but I'm certainly leading mm. to the over. Uh, the over-the-match total as well, mate. So, yeah, I'm on I'm on board with over 46.5 as my play. Yeah, I like it because I'm, I'm also leaning leaning Vikings. But, yeah, it's it's a real – it does really feel like that 50-50 kind of pick them. Um, yeah. And so I think whenever it comes to that and, and you've got a you've got to lean to one side, then you go with the underdog. And even if it's only one point, you, you tend to go with the underdog. So I'm, I'm like you, I'm leaning towards the Vikings. But – Probably not going to play that this week, but uh, looks like we're both sticking with the the total of over 56 and a half. Uh, next 46 up. 46.5. Did I say 56? Yeah. Gross. I'm probably not playing that. Um, but uh, it could get next over. Up, it, we'll keep taking a dollar 90 for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, LA charges at Baltimore. We've got Baltimore minus three and a total of. 51 and a half. Do you want to kick, a, kick us off for this Yeah, mate, massive game. We get to see two legitimate MVP contenders here in Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and certainly has billing for potentially game of the week. Um, if you want to see the definition of a guy that genuinely put his team on his back uh, and carried them to a victory, that was exactly what Lamar Jackson did last week. Um, it was really just done in the last 16, 17 minutes of the game as well. Incredibly, as we touched on, they were down 22-3 in the final minute of the third quarter. So it was just an incredible comeback. Um, Jackson accounted for 499 of Baltimore's 523 yards on the night. So there was 11 carries by uh, Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams and Devontae Freeman. And they uh, managed to get 24 yards between those three. Um, the rest was all done by Lamar. So he did it all. There was four touchdown passes, as I mentioned, in the final 16 minutes. He was 37 from 43 as well. Just an incredible, incredible performance. Um, his counterpart, Justin Herbert, was probably just as good um, with four touchdowns of his own last week as they fought back from a 14-point deficit to beat the Browns in arguably the game of the season so far. I think the Chargers, though, were still a slightly better balanced team than the Ravens here. And I know you're going to some stats and and how they stack up. But with that offense humming on the pass and the run game, plus not to mention Brandon Staley, who is coaching just unbelievably well, the amount of fourth downs they were able to convert 
against the Browns was just really amazing and uh, even on fourth and long situations. But Lamar, I think he's a bit of a one-man band at the moment. He's literally having to do it all for the Ravens. So I'm, I'm happy to side with the Chargers here with the start. Um, and the road team has covered the line in each of the last five games between the Chargers and the Ravens. And uh, six of the last Ravens, six of seven, six of the last seven Ravens games at, at home have gone over the total match points line. So that bodes well for both our picks here. But I'm 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 siding with the Chargers at, at plus three, mate. Yeah, that last stat suits me because it's another one that I feel like the total is a little mm. lean given the explosiveness of both offensive units. And and you you mentioned Herbert and Jackson as, as the obvious choices, but then you look at, at some of the other skill talent around them. And I'd love to take the Chargers here, but uh, I think in any other week I probably would. But Lamar just put some doubt in my mind with that second half showing last week, uh, like you touched on just before he, he's going to need more than a half of football this week though. And I think that yeah. he does, he does have that this week against the 31st ranked DVOA rush defense of the Chargers. but he won't have it all his way because the Chargers are, are, are just quietly very good at, at covering the air game. And, and we saw that was the difference when, when Lamar kind of got his arm into gear and, and started airing the ball out in that second half it was kind of when that the game changed. Um, and I don't think the Chargers let that happen. There's only been one quarterback hit 300 plus passing yards against the Chargers defense this year. And that was last week, Baker Mayfield had 305. So that kind of puts into, into perspective, you know, what they've been doing against the air game um, in LA. Um, and as good as Lamar was in the second half, like I said earlier, from a fantasy perspective, Mark Andrews went a huge way to, to bailing out Lamar in that last quarter and overtime. And the Colts have, have proven their weak spot on, on defense has been in the air and, you know, that's the strength of, of the uh, Chargers defense. So it's not going to be as easy as it was for uh, for Lamar and the Ravens offense um, as it was in that second half. Having said that, both of these defenses have the ability to be exploited. And as high as this total is at 51 and a half, I think that there should be a couple more points there. And, and so I'm leaning the overs at, at over 51 and a half. Um, and I uh, appreciate you uh, sticking in that stat about the six of the, the Ravens yeah, last seven games at, at home. I'm, I'm liking that because that makes me feel a bit more comfortable about it. I, I reckon, um, yeah, you said that last week as well, that you wanted me to keep pumping up with, you, with my stats. So I'm happy to keep doing that for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, love it. No, thank you for that. Makes me makes me feel better about my uh, my dumb punting, my, my degen punting. It's uh, <laughs> No, I'm feel, feeling good about that one. We'll see if I'm still feeling good about it next yeah, look, week. It's going to be a great game. Um, I'm certainly not um, including the charges in my best three this week, but I just feel like at that start, like you said, and the flip of the coin game, I'm happy to take the underdog in my opinion to flip of the coin game. So yeah, happy with the charges at that at that field goal start. Yeah, absolutely. And a bit like a bit like last week for me with uh with the Chiefs and, and Bills. Mm. You know, I, I'm I'm leaning towards the Chargers and, and I want to take the Chargers, but I'm just not game yeah. after what uh, after what Lamar put up last week. But uh next up is Cincinnati at Detroit. Game of the week. Cincinnati at Detroit. <laughs> Lions plus three and a half. The total is 47 and a half. And I'm quite bullish on the Bengals here. That They're a top 10 defense and they've got a league average offense, but they're up against a bottom four defense and a bottom seven offense. Ranked seven against the run. If Cincinnati can keep DeAndre Swift quiet, and I think they can, that goes a really long way to keeping the Lions score down. Um, since week one against the Niners, it's been you've been hard pressed to find a high scoring Detroit Lions game. And almost every week, the Bengals total is around that kind of 45 to 49 band right on the, the money of, of what we've got here. So 
I don't think that there's a whole lot of points in this one. Um, I'm thinking something like a 21-14 type Bengals win. I'm happy to play both, uh, again, as singles and, and probably a little double at the double. Cincinnati minus three and a half and the under 47 and a half because I just think the, the, uh, the Bengals defense is going to be too strong for the Lions offense. And I'm still not sure that, that you know, there's a, a huge amount of points in that Cincinnati offense just yet anyway. So there are, they're my two plays for this one. The Bengals at the minus three and a half and the under 47 and a half. What have you got for us? Yeah, I kind of agree with you, mate. And I, I love when you have a double at the double. It very much excites me. So, <laughs> it's, one of my, yeah, look, it's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> the Bengals, they're, they're a good football team. And I, I don't think they're quite a playoff team uh, caliber team yet, but they're going to be knocking on the door, I think. So, yeah, look, far too much offense, I still think, uh, for that Lions team. And and as you mentioned, um, they're ranking in the top 10 of defense as well. So, you know, the Lions, they almost had their first win last year, but again, uh, last year, last week, but it was it was snatched away in the last heartbreaking fashion, as always, in very much Detroit fashion. But mm-hmm. it's not often they usually back those performances up. So, I think the Bengals will eat them up and, and win comfortably. So I'm also playing Bengals minus three and a half. Very nice. It could be a uh, an early contender for for lock of the week, and we'll see how we go. It's right up there. Yes, it, it's up there. It's up there. And, and we said earlier that we're uh, we're probably going to steer steer clear from the uh, the totals in the lock of the week for a little while and, and see how we go. But if, um, if you can prove to me uh, you're over and under. Uh, back on track this week. I will we'll allow it for the lock. But we're zero from three without with our match totals in the lock of the no, week. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> Look, I've got a so couple I, in there as well. So if we can nail them, then we we might open it up next week. I reckon. But yeah, sounds um, good. Well, we're getting starting to get our confidence back after uh, after the first the first two weeks. So so we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. It's uh, Rams at the Giants. The New York Giants plus 10 and a half. The total is 47 and a half. And as high a spread as this is, I really truly think that the Rams are going to smash the Giants here. It does feel a little bit like a trap game, but um, I just, I don't think that this one is. Um, Normally with West Coast teams that travel over East, you have to consider the weather and especially at Meadowlands where we know that, you know, the wind and the snow and sleet and all that sort of stuff can impact, but it looks as if it's going to be quite nice in New York mild sunny weather over Meadowlands which which plays right into the the Rams hands this weekend and like I said I, I know it feels like a trap but you got to consider that the Giants are going to be missing Saquon Barkley again with that ankle sprain do you see the way that that's that swelled up after he took his cleats oh, off that was incredible yeah, absolutely it was so weird it was just like a tennis ball on his on his ankle it was incredible it was like but... a bicep it was like a bicep sticking <laughs> out of his ankle it was it was insane um potentially also without Daniel Jones. I mean, it looks like he might play, but he, he didn't practice uh, Wednesday. He's still in the concussion protocol. They're saying that they, they expect him to be out of that, but you never know with concussion. It's one of those weird things that you're still, you know, never quite sure and, and always learning about. Um, but uh, could also be without Kenny Golladay and Kadarius Tony, as well as Sterling Shepard and um, Darius Slayton, who were still dealing with previously, um, had injuries. So make no mistake, this is a real bare bones New York outfit and a Rams franchise that's rolling at the moment outside of that blip against the, the Cardinals dynamic offense a couple of weeks ago. So as I said, I, th- I think the Rams win this by two plus touchdowns. And so even though it is a double digit line and, and I think it's our first double digit line of the weekend, 
Um, I'm pretty comfortable playing that in this case. It's the Rams minus 10 and a half. And I've got a little player prop for this one that goes along with that. I think Matt Stafford over 286 and a half passing yards, $1.90 on bet 365. Probably shop around over the course of the weekend and see if you can get a couple of extra yards or a couple of extra cents uh, here or there. But um, he's gone over that in, uh, in three of the five weeks. And the other two, I think he missed by four and seven yards. So against this uh, this Giants defense, I think that he'll he'll hit that mark again. But what have you got for us, mate? Yeah, look, mate, couldn't couldn't argue against anything you said. Every chance this is a huge blowout. But I know, as you said, the Giants are seriously depleted. But I, I'm I'm thinking at this stage that Daniel Jones is going to play. Like you said, the reports are that you likely come out of the concussion protocol in the next day or two. So he if he suits up. I'm not as tempted by the minor, uh, the the ten and a half line. Um, that certainly probably changes if Mike Lennon gets a start though. So. You know, the Rams were pretty sloppy last week, especially early against the Seahawks. They did show their class in the second half and really put their foot down, especially in that third quarter. And I think they would have won that game with or without Wilson out there for the Seahawks. Uh, they can't get them. They can set themselves up nicely here with the Rams. They've got the Lions and the Texans to follow uh, this game against the Giants. So they're poised to only be, you know, entering the second half of the season with only one loss and, um, really attacking um, the playoffs with uh, momentum. Um, you know, as we said, there's, there's usually always one, at least one blowout in the early window. Uh, so as much as I want to follow you in there, I'm going to sit this one out. A couple of stats, though, for you, mate, just to make you, again, feel you, make, feel you boost with confidence. The Giants have lost nine of their last 10 games as heavy underdogs. So, again, that's when they start worse than... The touchdown head start. Yeah, when the touchdown head start. So... And they've also failed to cover the line in four of the last five games at home and six of the last seven games um, of the Rams games, I should say, have gone over the total match points as well. So, um, yeah, the, all those signs points will be Rams win. So, but yeah, just not one I'm wanting to get involved in, but I, I couldn't argue the points you made. I think it's probably likely to be a blowout, but um, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. I'll tell you what, if, if this goes over the, the total match points, by a bit, then the Rams could win this by five touchdowns. Uh, yeah, they would, they would need to win by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Part, I think, because I don't think there's going to be too many points for the Giants, especially I, if Jones doesn't play. However, exactly. they've been pretty... Even, been even pretty if, Jones, even if Jones plays without, you know, without Barkley, without mm, Shepard, yeah. without Golladay, without... Well, he's got no receivers, has he? What yeah, all exactly. those names out? Evan, Evan Ingram, got, big game. Yeah, Devontae Booker to run the ball. So, I mean, it's not – doesn't exactly fill you with confidence. So, look, um, yeah, hard to argue against the big Rams victory. But, yeah, just not one I'm super confident to get involved in. Yeah, no, I feel that. It, it does feel a lot like a trap game. I, I just don't think it is. I don't, I'm not sure this is the one. We've had a few of those um, over mm. the first couple of weeks of the season. But um, you, you do mention Devontae Booker. And I think if anyone – if anyone's in a league with Devontae Booker – still unclaimed, still on the waiver wire, then go grab him um, because there's every chance that you, he could be the, the the number one running back for the next six weeks. Plus, uh, in New York, um, I don't think that they're going to be taking any risks with Saquon. I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be rushing him back in any case. You know, it's probably only a, a three to four week injury, but, you know, you want to make sure that he's 100%. You don't want to take any risk with your, with your franchise guy. Um, he's missed so much football over the last few years that you just don't want to risk him. And there's every chance that Devontae Booker becomes that number one guy for the next two months, potentially in New York. And 
And if you play daily fantasy, then could be a uh, a good way to, to get a cheap starting running back into that lineup and, and potentially spend more elsewhere if uh, if you're playing daily fantasy, uh, wherever that it is that you play, uh, either in, in the Australian books or, or yeah. US books. Uh, occasionally, I used to. When, when I was at Fantasy yeah. Insider, um, I played nearly every every slate, um, but it, it got very hard because you got... Yeah, you've got a hundred, hundred guys that are, are, are max buying into those competitions, and it just got got too hard to compete with the sharks. But um, I do like it. I love the concept. It just gets too hard when you've got guys that are spending yeah a thousand bucks a slate to yeah. uh, to max enter, and um, you know it's it's just it's just such a numbers game. Um, Arizona at Cleveland. Cleveland minus three. The total is forty nine. Yeah, another another really good game and vying for match of the week as well. Uh, huge important, hugely important one, especially for the Browns who who let that game slip as we we mentioned um, last week. Against that would have been a really big road win for them, but uh, to lose that and drop back to three and two hurts, especially with Baltimore winning as well in the way they did. So yeah, I think it's just um, that the Browns at the Browns at the moment, they, they just can't quite take that next step. They, we implored Baker Mayfield to be better uh, last week on this program. And mm-hmm. he definitely was he threw for over 300 yards, a couple of big ones downfield to his tight end. David against, a really, against a really good defense. Like yeah, yeah, as well. um, the problem was they just couldn't get off the field. The Cleveland defense, especially on that fourth down there, the charges kept drives alive and, you know, they made huge plays when it mattered and, and it ultimately proved, proved the difference. Uh, I think the Cardinals, though, don't get me wrong, were pretty poor last week. They did still cover the line for me, thankfully, but they found <laughs> the, a way that's to That's the important thing. Yeah, exactly. I was worried at that. Uh, Lance just kept having the ball in his hand. But, yeah, they found a way to grind out a pretty good win and the Browns are a bit banged up on defence and, and that offensive line. So I certainly have more trust in Kyler than Baker as well. So... For that reason, I'm really excited to the to the Cardinals here um, at the start. Chandler Jones, though, if he is out, which it looks like he probably is, but he's on the COVID list, so that's a pretty big loss for the Cardinals' defense, which has allowed only 16.3 points, 16.3 points per game across the last mm. three weeks. So um, they're really really doing well on defense, and they haven't given me any reason to jump off their bandwagon. We were big on them at the start of the year. Um, they've covered for me a couple of times this year. So, look, I'm, I'm taking them as a as a yes, please, and as a three-point underdog. And the Browns have lost 10 of their last 11 games against NFC West opponents. So, Arizona plus three for me and potentially even a money line as well on the cards there. Yeah, like it. It's a really intriguing one, really tempting one to look at, uh, to bet from a, from a few different angles. But I think for me, it stays at a must-watch. Chandler Jones is, is a huge out. For the Cardinals, and I know that he's he's probably regressed a little bit um, back to normal from that that incredible Week One outing. But um, yeah, he couldn't keep up that pace. That would be crazy. oh, it's it's insane. That was <laughs> insane. I mean, that was just nuts. But um, look, he's he's a huge part of that yeah. that Arizona defense, um, and they're going to need every bit of of that defense. I think against uh, you know Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, who are so dynamic on the ground and in the air as well. Um, and Baker, like you said, was playing some pretty good quarterback football last week. Um, and it certainly wasn't his fault um, in this regard. And I'm certainly no Baker Mayfield stand, but, uh, you know, you can hardly blame 
that result last week on on Baker Mayfield. But it's a no play for me. Um, funnily enough, I'm I'm more tempted by Arizona straight up and the, and the money line than I am at the uh, the Arizona line. I think um, just at the odds, I'm more tempted to, to take Arizona to win it straight up than than to take the 190 or, or 188, whatever it is, at uh, at the plus three. But um, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind your your reasoning. It's uh, it's a no play for me. Yeah, um, look, it's, I'm yeah, I'm just playing the again the underdog here, but I, I feel yeah. like I've got a lot of confidence in the Cardinals at the moment. And I can ride yeah. the hot hand a little bit, so that's just my reasoning. But like you said, it's it's going to be tough, um, especially without Chandler Jones um, against Chubb and Hunt, who are just just continuing to impress after a massive year last year. They're both on top probably another level this year, both of them. Mm. So, um, it's, and it's hard to it's you know, it's hard to 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 go against uh, or away from the cards. You know, they're the only five and zip team in in the competition, um, and they're playing some really fun to watch. You know, attacking and defensive football. They're, they're just you know they're on fire at the moment. Um, so I completely understand your your reasoning and and probably agree with it for for the most point. But uh, it's a no play from me uh las vegas at denver denver minus three and a half the total is 44 and a half what have you got for us yeah i think we both got a little bit sucked into denver last week and mm. while we ultimately both stayed out of that game i think we we were both siding a little bit towards the broncos and, and i certainly did in my tipping competition which was disappointing but um yeah no signs of life at all on offense for the broncos until that game was was pretty much out of reach however they did still have a chance to force overtime uh, with a first and goal at the five-yard line in the final minute, but just couldn't get it done. So, yeah, both teams coming off three no starts. They've lost their last two. Uh, I think the home team probably bounces back here. Um, but, yeah, with all, especially with that uncertainty around the Raiders um, and how the week's played out for them. But, yeah, however, I'm no way inclined to stick my neck out with the play. So, yeah, steering clear <laughs> of this game. Um, amazingly, though, the last three matches in Denver between these two teams have been decided by a solitary point. So... Um, you know it's going to be close, but, mm. and the home team has won nine of the last ten games between the Raiders and Broncos. But yeah, not a game I'm going to get involved in at all. Um, so I'll stay out of this one, mate. I know you're yeah. keen to potentially play something, though. Yeah, look, no, I completely understand that, and, and that you know that last point that you made about uh, being close games is, exa- is exactly why I don't want to play Denver, even though I, I lean that way, um, and I think that they should win it. Um, but I, I'm not willing to take the the that extra half a point at the very least on, on the field goal. Um, but even at, even at a flat three, I'm probably still not sold on, on Denver in this one, but the Raiders are a rabble at the moment. They've mm. lost their coach. They've lost two straight. It just isn't a good time to be gambling in Las Vegas. And we know that everyone loves to gamble in Vegas. Um, <laughs> but aside from last week's very un Broncos like defensive effort against the Steelers, every Denver game so far this season has gone under this total while three of the Raiders' five games have been 44 or less. So I'm, I'm feeling like the Broncos right the ship defensively at, at home, and, and this stays a low-scoring game. Um, you know, like you said, that offensively Denver last week were, were terrible, um, and the Raiders are just all over the shop at the moment. I, I just think that Denver defensively get back on, on track. Um, whether or not they do offensively or not almost doesn't matter, but I'm, I'm taking the unders here, under 44.5. It is... A little low for my liking, but I'm going to be having a little play in, on the unders, and I'm just not sure that there's uh, there's too many points in this one. Yeah, fair enough too, mate. But um, yeah, stay out for me. See what happens with the Raiders, especially they're they're a bit of a, 
a wait and watch for me now for a couple of weeks. Yep. Yep. Completely honest. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that, uh, that Raiders front office and, and the head coaching <sighs> role there in Las Vegas. Uh, Dallas at New England, New England plus four. The total is 50 and a half. And this is a really interesting one because I, I know it's at Foxborough and I know you never write off Bill Belichick at home. Maybe the Belichick factor is built into the sports book algorithm, but I just don't know how this line isn't a touchdown or more. I mean, Dallas has shown for the first time in years that their defense is legit. You've got Trayvon Diggs leading the NFL in takeaways. That defensive line is hovering around league average for the first time since I can remember. Uh, they're ranked in the top 10 in sacks as well as the top five in football outsiders power success, which ranks percentage of stopping runs with two yards for a first down or a touchdown. And I just don't think that the Pats have enough to offer on either side of the ball. And this spread should should definitely be closer for mine to six or seven points in Dallas's favor, even away from home. And unfortunately for, for my boys, my Eagles, I'm on the Cowboys here and I, I can see them winning fairly easily. So the, the, the four-point spread was a, a bit of a gimme for me. How about you? Yeah, look, mate, totally agree, to be honest. Um, the Patriots, I'll get that out, are staring down the barrel of an 0-4 start at home, uh, which is unheard of in the Belichick era, of course. They, they hadn't even been 0-2 since his first year in charge back in 20, uh, 2001. So it's most definitely uncharted territory. I do agree, though, and I know it hurts you to constantly pump up the Cowboys, but they are good. They're, they're really, really good. Uh, the fact they, they put the Giants away as well with a big, Big win showed, I think, how hungry they are and how determined they are to right, right the wrongs from last year. So, yeah, like you, I have, I just think they have way more weapons all over the field, including that defensive side even at the moment with Trayvon Diggs playing like a man possessed. So, yeah, it's unlike, um, yeah, very against history to say the Cowboys' defense I can trust more than the Patriots' defense. But, yeah, I think the Cowboys <laughs> cover cover as well, mate. And, however... Against us here, though, the Cowboys have failed to cover the line in four of their last five games as the road favourite. Oh, I don't like it when you and, say however before these stats. <laughs> and the other one, which doesn't really affect the uh, the match result, but yeah, eight of the Patriots' last nine games at home have gone under the total match points line, which is which is a high line, 50 and a half, but you know, explosive the Cowboys can be mm. and, and the bats on their day can probably put up some points, but... I could even have a double of the the double there of Dallas minus four into the unders, but mm. yeah, Dallas minus four is certainly a play for me, mate. And um, we might even get it up on our lock. To be honest, there. Um, the more I hear you talk about it, I think that's probably a big. I think I can hear your confidence more in that than the other game we're tossing up in. But last we'll last that. time last time I talked you into something, it, it didn't work out well for us. So no, that's all right. We'll, we'll see how we go, but it, it is a high line and I agree with you for what it's worth. It is a high line, but we know that high octane offense in Dallas. Mm. Um, and I'm just not sure as good as historically that, that Pat's D has been, they're not the same Patriots as we, uh, as we've known over the last two decades with, uh, with Billy B. So um, yeah, I think we're both on the same page there with Dallas minus four and we'll have a bit of a, um, a bit of a chat at the end as to whether we go with Dallas or Cincinnati for that lock. Um, but with the buys, that brings us to Sunday night football. We've got Seattle at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh minus four and a half at a total of 42 and a half. Yeah. Somewhat surprisingly, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Seahawks here, perhaps. I mean, Geno Smith, he gets his first start since 2017. So it's been a long time between drinks. For Geno Smith, and he hadn't even played two consecutive games, which he definitely will, obviously, now with Wilson being out for at least 
four to six weeks. Um, he hasn't played two consecutive starts in the NFL since 2014 when he was a New York Jet. So uh, it's it's been a long time between drinks, as I said, and to come up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh is not really an ideal welcome, welcome back party. But however, I just don't have any faith in that Steelers outfit at the moment, especially on the offensive side. I It'll probably likely come back and bite me, but I'm trusting that, that Seattle offense to keep the game at least close. And, and if not, even in front, their, their defense is atrocious, as we know. But coming up against a banged up Big Ben, I feel like they can they can make some plays and it and it's probably sooner rather than later um, for them, especially Jamal Adams, who's been quiet this year. I think he's he's going to play a big game soon. They they did a good job against the first half against Matthew Stafford actually, and and, and the Rams last week before they kind of um, let the Rams kind of dictate that second half. Najee Harris, who I banged on about in the preseason show, he's finally got some looks to run the ball um, with the game script, I suppose, allowing to do that a bit more. But most carries since week one, uh, and he actually balls out for 122 yards and touchdown on the ground. So a big day for Najee. I just, just in saying that, I just sniffing an upset in this game. And, and these two stats will hopefully help me back me up. The Steelers have lost uh, their last five games when they've started favourites. And the Seahawks have covered the line in each of their last four games following a division loss. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play the Seahawks here at plus four and a half. And uh, in my long shot, I'm actually going to play them at the at a, a little uh, spread here. I'm just happy you can get them to win between one and six points. And that is at 550. So I'm going to play that in my long shot. Juicy. The Seahawks. Juicy. Yeah, a bit of juice. Yeah, like it, like it, like you. I also, I also lean toward the underdog in in these types of games. And I think, just thinking about Geno Smith, that the last time that he would have had two consecutive starts would have been backing up Mark Sanchez with the Jets, I reckon. Around well, that. he was the starter in his own right in twenty fourteen, Geno Smith. But I think it must have followed just after Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, he was backing up Sanchez yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he looked good, Geno, when he came in. Yeah, he had him on that touchdown drive from his own two-yard line, uh, all the way up the field. He obviously threw that, threw that pick to seal it for the Rams. But um, yeah, he looked good, and yeah, I, I just think he's he's going to come out and try and make a statement, and and I think they can keep it at least close. Like I said, with with some points, they'll be putting points up the Seattle Seahawks. So um, whether or not they can put out more than Pittsburgh is another story, but I, I think they'll definitely keep it close. And one of the reasons why I'll, I'll play the money uh, the take them at the start mate yeah well i reckon you know I, I think if if you've been a backup quarterback generally for the best part of a decade in the nfl then you know you, you're not a mug you know you can play the game and and you're probably in, you know you're in the best hundred quarterbacks or, or you know best hundred people playing quarterback uh in football in uh in the world uh, uh, over the course of, of a decade like geno smith has so um it's probably the the difference maker for me, but I do I do lean towards the underdog in this case. But they're they're two really incredibly inconsistent and frustrating teams to bet on or bet against. Um, some would call it consistent inconsistency. This one's a clear stay away from mine. But if I was going to play, I'd I'd be similar to you in going the underdog there. And and I don't mind that uh, that long shot the uh, the Seahawks to win under a under a touchdown. It was originally. I was originally going to go Seahawks one to thirteen, which was original. I think around the three forty, three fifty mark. Um, but yeah, did find some extra value by playing the one to six. So um, I don't think they'll blow them out. Obviously, if they mm. win, they'll only just squeak by. I think the Seahawks. So that's why I'm happy to play that. But 
Yeah, I'd be interested to know what the odds would be if if Wilson was playing. I'd, I'd say, see, they say that Seattle would be favourite. So, um, I would have thought so. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Russ Wilson is an absolute star. A touchdown difference potentially between him and um, Smith starting. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm really bullish for whatever reason. I'm feeling an upset, but. You know, I've been proven wrong many a time, so we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> as have as have we all. It's uh, no, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, Monday night football, and we have probably the game of the week. I reckon Buffalo at Tennessee. Tennessee Titans plus five and a half. The total is fifty four. It's a great game for prime time, but the the line and total here, I think, is spot on in my book. So I'm not going to play it at all. I couldn't find any player props yet, but I'm really looking hard at Josh Allen rushing props against a leaky Titans defensive line that's ranked 23rd in the league and a rush defense ranked 27th for efficiency in stopping the run. And speaking of which, Josh Allen has taken over MVP favoritism, which I think means that we've now had three consecutive weeks with a different MVP favorite, which is unlike the NFL and something that we probably haven't seen for a couple of years, probably since uh, since Mahomes won his MVP and, and just goes to show the depth and quality at, at quarterback in the NFL right now. But uh, a no play from me, but keep an eye on Josh Allen rushing props uh, against this Titans defensive line. What have you got? Yeah, look, the Bills were awesome last week, weren't they? And as I said off the top, I think the AFC now runs through Buffalo. And I won't be convinced otherwise that they're not going to be the number one seed in the AFC until, uh, until I am proven that way, I guess. But yeah, the Chargers are clear number two for mine at the minute as well, but there's still a bit of daylight between them. Um, defense is awesome and offense is awesome. Their special teams are always strong. There's just no weaknesses for mine at the moment. Only 15 passes uh, to get over 300 yards for Josh Allen last week just shows their explosiveness. And if he can run like he did as well, like as you mentioned, he doesn't even need Singletary and Moss to do anything too special. He just needs to be, just needs him there for game situation. So, um, yeah, my man Jalen is he's the deserving MVP favorite at the moment. Um, although, like you said, there are a few lining up behind him to take him on. Uh, the Titans covered for me last week, but a huge test this one in, and a huge one, a huge test in the next two weeks, I could say. Uh, they've also got Buffalo this week, and then they, they followed that up with a, a trip to Kansas, um, Kansas City. So it's um, a pretty tough schedule for the uh, the Titans, who've also got the Rams in the next month as well. So. Uh, that'll certainly uh, sort the momentum boys for the Titans and see if they are a contender again this year. Um, but they are one of those teams that can surprise on any given night. So, like you said, I think the totals and the line is pretty much spot on. So, not a game I'm going to play at, uh, but the underdogs have covered in the line in each of the last six games between the Bills and the Titans. So, yeah, um, I, I would be probably leaning to Buffalo, but yeah, not a game to get involved in. I mean, like you said, they, they've nailed the the props, uh, the line, and, and the total there. So, uh, a no play for me, mate. Yeah, no, I, I like the uh, I like the fact that you won't be convinced until uh, until you're convinced. So, yeah, that's uh, no, it's a good one. I, I like it, and um, yeah, look, it, it really is. Uh, I guess a little bit like um, like we spoke about the Chiefs earlier. The, f- for the Titans, yeah, a real a real solid stretch uh, over the next you know kind of four to five weeks of, of tough games that uh, anything can happen in, in that division. Um, and, you know, I think it's, like you said, it's going to it's gonna sort the men from the boys in, in that division. You've got the Colts coming back into some form and, um, 
well, they play each other again. In yeah, that exactly. Like I said, yeah. So that that's a that's a huge one. Um, the Colts will need to get that to get back to. They can't be losing both games to the Titans. Exactly, and and the Titans, I think, would love to to get a hold of the of the Bills here and just to to get that extra game, uh, extra yeah. game clear. I know there are a couple of games clear right now, but that you know, I think for for them, they must know that the Colts, like we spoke about earlier, have enough talent to square things up pretty quickly over the next kind of four or five weeks um, and that, that anything can happen in, in that division. So they, they need to, to, to win a couple of games that, you know, they're underdogs in and, and probably not expected to win to, to, to make sure that they, um, they wrap up the division win uh, later on in the season. But we're, uh, we're on the same page on, on a couple of plays where we're head to head in one big one specifically, but we're on the same page with a couple. And I think what we've got to do now is decide, are we going to go with the Bengals or the Cowboys for uh, for lock of the week, I'm pretty bullish on both of them, but uh, so I might leave this one up to you to to, to decide oh, what the uh, the deciding vote is. Yeah, look, we we also tossed up between the ovals in that Cincy, uh, sorry, Cincy, Carolina, Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm I'm banning us from over and under until <laughs> we can prove that we're good at them again. But um, look, before we jumped on the broadcast, we're chatting, and we probably leaned towards the Bengals, but. As I said, I was just taken a bit with your confidence of the Cowboys, and to be honest, they're they're a better team than the Bengals, so there's obviously a bit more trustworthiness in in Dallas. But in saying that, since you're playing the Lions, and the Cowboys playing the Pats, so half dozen one way, six the other. But I think maybe we have to lean towards Dallas. Oh, <laughs> oh. So my uh, my my play at, at at having you write it out has backfired because you're writing it out because of my confidence. So therefore I lose either way um, and you lose nothing. So <laughs> fine, we'll do that. We'll, we'll go the Cowboys minus four. Um, it was, yeah, it was an interesting one for the folks that yeah, are going to hear our best shortly. Uh, Nick's got Dallas in his best and since he probably would have been his next best, I suppose. Yep. And for me, I've got Cincy in my best and Dallas probably would have been my next. So yeah, we'll we'll ride on the fence here. So let's just cheer them both home and, and hopefully we get a result. But that's we'll, it. We'll lock in Cowboys as well. Lock of the week. Cowboys are lock of the week and Cincinnati lock of the week A, I guess, just in case. <laughs> if if the Cowboys lose and the Bengals get up, then we'll claim it anyway. Um yeah, but so. we'll uh we'll get into our best and, and like you mentioned, uh I've if got if they both lose, we'll, we won't be back next year. <laughs> that's the truth. We'll take a week off. We'll go back to the overs and unders. But we'll we'll um we'll see how we go. We'll get stuck into the best. And and like you said, I've got Dallas minus four in in my best. Uh, I've also gone with Cincinnati Detroit under forty seven and a half. Uh, and I've gone the Rams for the big the big beat uh, at minus ten and a half. Uh, a couple of long shots that I found. I've got a four twenty double at tab. Uh, and and have played around a little bit with the uh, with the spread and the total. I've got Indianapolis minus eleven and a half. So there's an extra point there, or an extra two points there on the uh, the game spread uh, into under forty three and a half. And that's at four twenty with tab, and just to play on the Rams again to have that that big win. Rams minus seventeen at three dollars ten. You can probably shop around and and maybe get a couple of extra cents there. Um, and if you think that they win by two plus touchdowns, then that's that's maybe a, a little play. And 
Uh, I'm tempted to, to go an extra touchdown with that as well, just because I think that they just absolutely flog them this week. But uh, I've mentioned a couple of different player props this week, uh, but the one that I'm going on record with is Stafford, Matt Stafford over 286.5 passing yards at $1.90. What have you got for us with your best, mate? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll just segue into my player prop from there. I didn't have a huge look, to be honest, this week, but one that stood out to me straight away was was the Carson Wentz over 232 and a half yards passing. So I'll play Carson this week. Um, for my best bets, I've got Cincy, as we touched on, minus three and a half. Arizona, plus three. And Green Bay, minus four and a half. Although I'm almost tempted to change that Arizona one to Kansas City now that the line has come into that six and a half. Ooh. But I will leave it as Arizona. So I won't. I will so I'll leave it. I'll leave it. <laughs> Very good. And but your, yes, uh, your long shots? They're my three and my long shots, as I touched on just before, one to six for Seattle to win by one to six points at 550. And Devontae Adams, first touchdown score. Scorer in that Bears Packers game at 650. So that's my bet for this week. Very good. I, I really like that Seattle one to six. I really, really like that for anyone who's listening that uh, that means anything too, which is probably no one, but um, yeah, no, I really like that. I really it's got like more, that. it's got more, um, more weight behind it. If you're, you're jumping on it, it well, absolutely man. doesn't. In fact, it means that you've probably put the moz on it even more. Um, so now that I've said it, absolutely no one get on that because uh, it will lose <laughs> now. Um, but no, we we are on a we're on a decent we're on a decent um, stretch at the moment. We've we've been going pretty well for the last three weeks. I think. What was the numbers that we had at the top of the show? You said in the last 13 and three, six. 13 three weeks. And six last. 13 and six since uh, since week three kicked off. Uh, we started the season one and eleven, and we're thirteen and six since then. So we're on a decent a decent streak, um, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident about a few of our a few of our plays. Um, whether it's Dallas or the Bengals, uh, I think we'll take either of them. But I can't bring myself to, to say go. Mm, yeah, don't say it. That's all right. I, I can't just, say just... it. I'm going to say go birds like I always do. But uh, I'll let you say go them because I can't do it. But uh, this has been the Punt Return Podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. We're on Facebook, uh, Punt Return Podcast, Instagram at NFL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, jump jump on Twitter. Give us a yell. I'm at, at Nick Splitter. Lepper is at Ryan Lepore. We'll be back next week with the punt return. Go birds. Our damn cowboys. Ugh, yeah. <laughs>